Hey, hey, Stripper Whispers, Corey Michaelis here with my live stand-up comedy tour dates. If you don't want to hear them, fast forward 30 seconds twice, and then rewind 15 seconds once. I will be in Dubai doing a tour of shows there at the end of June, the 24th through the 30th. But the two big shows I want you to know about are July 10th, Historic Everett Theater, my hometown, with my best friend Andrew Rivers, and the night before, July 9th, at the North Bend Theater, his hometown. Uh, super excited about those shows, so come out to one of them. Uh, like, review, subscribe to the podcast if you're nasty. Hello and welcome back to Stripper Whisperer, the podcast where I get behind the G-string and interview strippers about their lives outside the clubs, what it's like working in the clubs, and how we can all be good customers in their space. Today we are virtual again for season two with Jade from Portland. Say hey, Jade. Hello. I'm so glad to have you and uh Obviously, you're here because you enjoy, if you're a listener, you enjoy listening to the podcast by itself. But before we get started, if you'd like to put a face to the voice, check out Jade on Instagram at jaded.pdx or over on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash stripperwhisper. Um, just also, if you're, if you're uh, over on OnlyFans, uh, Jade's on OnlyFans as well. Is it the same handle? That's what I meant to ask you before we got started. Oh, you know what? I actually don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. It might be Jaded Brat, but it might be Jaded PDX. Let's find out. She's looking right um, now. And uh, you can't find her on Twitter right now because she got booted. We're going to have to talk about that because I don't understand. Yeah. Instagram is typically the one where you get shadow banned and booted, which has also yeah. happened to you. Uh, yes, it has. And... Uh, what was your OnlyFans? Did you find it? Sorry, it is uh, OnlyFans.com slash Jaded Brat. Jaded Brat. That's fun. I like it. Um, yeah. And that's what you were on Twitter, but you, um, do you know what it was? Like, do you know the posts that made yeah. it happen or what, what, what did you do? Well, I guess I'll preface too, I hated Twitter. I only got a Twitter because I got super shadow banned on Instagram um, right. and I, started my OnlyFans and I just really needed to market myself. But um, yeah, I got booted off of Twitter for my profile picture. So like the little, you know, circle picture that you see, um, which was a picture of my backside. I was wearing fishnets and I wasn't wearing panties, but it's not like I was like bent over. Here's my butthole. You know what I mean? Like it was at an angle where like you couldn't even tell that I was naked. There was no nipple. There was no vagina. Um, and yeah, they, they banned me. They suspended me. Um, but they won't even let, I'm still suspended. It's been like two months and they won't let me like delete my account because I'm suspended. I've emailed them like 10 times being like, just delete me. Right. Kick me all the way out, you know? Right. Right pending an investigation or whatever right. you're doing yeah um yeah and i've seen but you can literally do porn on twitter i thought so i'm very confused i mean i i didn't i don't think i've seen it <laughs> yeah no i literally uh on twitter saw a girl fisting her own butthole on twitter <laughs> well, that seems uh <laughs> fine with me but uh not even close to what you had um, not even posted close. as your profile bizarre fun fact that picture that was my profile picture on twitter is still up on instagram instagram allowed me to have it i don't even know what's going on in the world today but uh fisting a butthole does make me want to take a shot so (laughs) go ahead and get started with the shot you're gonna you are not going to partake because it is uh noon (laughs) which is totally understandable but i need to look at courage so cheers to me cheers Ah, oh, very good. I put a little soda in it. A little LaCroix. Ooh, vodka. yum. Um, well, I, we always start uh, after the shot by asking how we connected your version and then mine. Virtually, it's a little bit different than it used to be. It used to be a lot of like, I think you came to the club and like bothered me. <laughs> so uh, do, you rec- <laughs> do you recall uh, how you found out about the podcast or me or I found out about you or any of that? 
Yeah, I don't know how you found out about me. Um, I found out about you when you had um, Sasha on your podcast, Saint Sasha, um, she's, she's a co-worker great. of mine. I love her dearly. Um, and yeah, I think I just like was like, oh, that's cool and started following you. And then, I don't know, one day you just slid into my DMs. <laughs> All smooth. Like, well, what <laughs> happened was... Um, I ran out of episodes, so uh, I was like, well, I guess end of season one. <laughs> like, I just made it made it up, you know? And uh, and then uh, everything got locked down, and I stopped going on the road. I'm a stand-up comedian. That's my job. So I stopped going on the road for that, which then meant um, it was, like, you know, pretty hard to get interviews. And initially, I wasn't confident that, like, everybody knew how to use virtual, inter- you know, Zoom or whatever, some other thing and um so I kind of had resigned to like well this isn't gonna happen but then we've been doing this a year and now people have figured it out <laughs> like everybody yeah. knows how <laughs> and uh someone reached out to me um and asked to do the podcast she has a podcast herself called stripper stories and uh she lives in London she's awesome uh and mm-hmm. so uh I was like well you know what let me see what happens if I slide into some dms and here we are uh interviewing in our homes in the comfort of them wearing really cool little is that like a house jacket would you call that or is that like a bro- yeah bro- bro- it's uh yeah. my mom got it for me for christmas it's oh, it's like a sweater but i wear it like a bathrobe kind of yeah that's great i love it i want one myself if you're not if it's uh it's a animal print hooded very comfy yeah. looking um yes. roby house jackety thing so y'all should check it out like i said at jaded uh, pdx or our instagram stripper whisper or the patreon page because uh she looks great i'm glad to have you i'm so excited that people find this i don't even know how they do it and so um <laughs> i haven't actually i go to portland a bunch but i don't know that i've uh, seen you work in portland which is where you are portland oregon right yep and which clubs? Bunch of different clubs or one in particular? Or... Um, uh, Devil's Point and Lucky Devil. That is it for me. Never worked anywhere else. Oh, how about that? That's fine. You're just really devilish. That is the way you... <laughs> that's, that's the way you roll. Which, which yep. isn't one of them? Which is the one that had like a car drive through? That didn't one have a car drive That was Lucky that? Devil. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, Lucky Devils had like a string of weird shit happen. They've had like, yeah, they've had a <laughs> bad that, luck in the past. What else? What else? That and- uh, they've been broken into a few times. I don't know if I should say that or not. I don't know if oh, that's like. Okay. Bad, well, but- <laughs> we'll cut that. Um, but uh, I don't know. What are, are people trying to steal? Uh, high heels or money? Or they steal the ATM. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's probably. It's probably empty <laughs> most nights. Yeah, and <laughs> even if it's not empty, I don't imagine that they make it easy to get into an ATM. I, I would. I, I've never been able to, so I, I can't imagine <laughs> they do. Uh, and uh, you've lived in Portland. How long have you lived in Portland or, or and or both worked uh, as a stripper in Portland? Yeah, so we I love lived Portland in Portland. What's that? We love Portland on the podcast because it's oh, yeah. uh, provided us a lot of our interviews. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, I've lived in Portland for, I'm going on five years now. Um, and I have only been a stripper. Um, I want to say a year, but I, I honestly think it's been longer than that. Um, but it's just hard to tell because I was not stripping for so long because of COVID. Um, I want to say I started in late um, 2018 is when I started. Gotcha. So you're like almost not even counting this last year. <laughs> like it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a baby stripper. <laughs> yeah. And what made you decide? Um, Cause okay. You live, you lived in Portland for a few years before you decided to start stripping. So what was the impetus? What was the break? I shouldn't say breaking point. That makes it sound bad. <laughs> the tipping, how about the tipping point? <laughs> the tipping point. Um, I mean, it kind of was a breaking point to be honest. Um, yeah. I actually, um, I've been in retail management for like 10 years. Um, I've always made decent money. I've always, you know, been able to support myself. And um, 
you know, moving to Portland, I just made a lot of bad financial decisions and got myself into a lot of credit card debt. Um, so when I started stripping, I was um, working as a full-time manager um, and I just could not, I could not catch up on my bills. Like I was just every month I was overdrawing my account um, and just not doing great. Um, and um, I actually, what inspired me to become a stripper is I watched, uh, have you ever watched, uh, I think it's called Slut Ever um, by Vice. I don't think so. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can. I made a minor change. So, um, oh, okay. okay. Slut ever on like Vice, the news organization? Yeah, yeah. So oh. it's like this, this like docu-series that they did where this girl like travels around and like explores different aspects of kinks and sex work and all types of stuff. And she actually went to Devil's Point and did an episode on stripping at Devil's Point. And I was like, holy shit that's awesome. I want to work there. Um, so I did, wow. and I did both. I was working 40 hours a week as a manager at a retail space and, um, and then also stripping three to four days a week. Wow. You must've been tired yeah. yes. uh, during that time. Uh, we'll get to this in a minute. Cause the last year has been weird and we, we like to talk about that. But, uh, at that time, I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, I always look for the parallels between stand-up comedy and stripping because I've seen lots. I mean, we're both in entertainment and similar, and I had a day job. My first seven years of doing stand-up, teaching high school, and then would go out at nights and do shows, mostly on the weekends. Oh, you got a notification there? <laughs> yeah, I guess Popular. so. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Uh, maybe it'll happen some more. Um so you, uh, so yeah, you're, so you're like doing it kind of as a side gig, extra money or however you would describe it. Um, but probably relatively quickly, you're like, wow, this is decent money. <laughs> you know, like yes. it's kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and how, um, so how long did you still continue to work retail for quite a long time or did you go, Oh, I'm bouncing out. I'm out of this. I'm out, yeah, the, game. I did. I'm out the game. Yeah. <laughs> I did both um, all the way up until COVID happened. Okay. Um, I was doing both of those things. Um, and yeah, it was definitely intense, but the money was so good. And I was like, I was on track to pay down all of my debt um, by the end of 2020. <laughs> and then ah. COVID said, no, bitch, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? Yeah. Um, no, bitch. And then Mitch McConnell <laughs> kept t telling you no. <laughs> <laughs> kept having a shot and then mitch mcconnell was like nope still no um <laughs> i uh yeah i mean you know i eventually quit teaching but so you still do the retail work um kind of yeah um i i did step down um so i'm no longer a manager um i'm just a part-time employee um gotcha. I work like 24 hours a week um, and I did that when the clubs reopened in July. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not a manager anymore. I'm going to focus on stripping. Um, you know, it's I mental health reasons, like being a manager in a retail, it was in a grocery store um, all throughout the pandemic was just way too intense. Oh, and I uh, honestly, I, I, I just like stripping and I'm like kind of good at it. Sure. So uh, I wanted to focus on that. <laughs> oh, I bet you're being humble. Um, well, that's great. And uh, we won't talk too much about the day thing because we don't want to, you know, uh, get you. We don't want any customers being like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've had As customers a... actually find me at my work, not on purpose, but yeah. Coincident <laughs> coincidentally, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if we're rewinding for just a moment, I'm curious how um how one gets a job in portland like you you oh i watch a tv show that i enjoy and i say i want to work there and then the next day you walk in and go i want to work like how does that how does it work out that you get that job yeah so um i applied for devil's point if you will um you basically just like fill out like a five questionnaire thing and then like attach three photos of yourself um mm -hmm. So I, I did that on their website and then um, 
I got an email from the owner um, saying, hey, um, you look great. I'd love to set up an audition. And I actually, <laughs> when I got that email, I didn't think I would get a call back. Like I didn't even, I'd never stripped before, you know? Um, right. And I, uh, I saw the email and I immediately panicked and was like, I can't do this. Nope, not going to do it. Um, so I actually didn't even reply to his email for like two months. I sat on that email and like was debating if I wanted to do it. Um, and then finally I became so broke that I was like, I have to. And again, um, when I went in for the audition, um, did not think they were going to hire me. I was convinced I would not be hired. Um, and yeah, it's, it's basically like a, you know, you go on stage during open hours. I was there at, on a Monday at, I want to say like 1230 noon. Um, and, you know, I put on my, my new lingerie that I bought and some stripper heels that I had never walked in before. Um, and I got on stage and um, I think I was awful. I still can't believe they hired me. <laughs> Um, but they did, I got off stage and they actually asked me to stay and work the rest of that day shift on that Monday, which I also was not prepared for. Um, and there were no other dancers working. That's why they asked me to stay because I guess everyone had like called out that day. Um, so I had no one there to like, tell me like, Hey, you should do this, or this is how this works. And I was just kind of like, Haha, okay, I'm naked on stage. <laughs> wow. And um, had yeah. And oops, do you have a headphone? Oops, do you chance? have a headphone? <laughs> no. Uh, why? What's happening? <laughs> I'm coming back through uh, on a loop. I hate oh, when that happens. Um, oh, but then I it just went. Away. It just went away. It did. Okay. Yeah, those are big headphones. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. my boyfriend. I don't know how to like turn them on. So <laughs> that's really funny. Zoom uh, has made the fix that the loop goes away, but it came in for just a moment. That's all right. It's uh my production value is low anyway, so nobody will be upset. Um, so that's wild. That's, uh, they were desperate's the wrong word, but I mean that day they were a little bit, you know, they were like, uh Oh, we need someone to continue working. And, um, had you been to strip clubs as a patron or a customer up until that point? Um, or, and yeah, had you, um, embarrassingly only once, Okay. Um, I'm kind of ashamed of that. I feel like I probably should have um, gotten a better idea of how strip clubs work before I auditioned and started working in one. But um, yes, I had been to Devil's Point one time before I auditioned. Gotcha. And did you, um, was it from that experience, that one time going that you were like, well, here's how I think I, what I'm supposed to do? Or did you watch some videos on YouTube? Or did you... Um, you know, oh, that, that episode I watched plus a couple movies, just my knowledge. Like, how did you know how to work that first day? I definitely did not. You didn't, know how to but work. okay, yeah. fair. Um, I, I did, I did watch a bunch of YouTube videos, um, and, you know, listen to other, um, people in the industry and just like, um, you know, what they do, how they do it yada yada but all of those videos um and just media in general i feel like is really centered around um i don't know like how like what i do on stage or what i do in a lap dance it doesn't no one really talks about like that in between time like what you're doing if you're not giving someone a lap dance and you're not on stage that's where i was lost i was like do i just sit in the dressing room the whole time um, and I definitely had this idea in my head that that's what you do. You go up on stage, you look good, you look sexy, you dance, people watch you, they give you money, and then you sit in the dressing room the rest of the time. And if a customer likes you and wants a dance from you, they'll ask you when you're on stage. And they just base that off of like, how you look and how you looked on stage. And um, I definitely quickly found out that you definitely need to talk and and socialize with customers that's how i get dances it's very rare that someone just sees me on stage and goes i want to dance i i work at that and i like build relationships and connections with people and then they want to get dances with me right that makes sense it's a you know there's a lot of customers who um even though 
everybody's in on the agreement that oh you're fine everybody's in on the agreement that uh i danced and if you enjoy a day uh, you know a private dance as an option I'm, they're still hesitant or uncomfortable or not confident enough or you fill in the blank for not going to approach you and so um you're probably on stage paying attention to who tipped paying attention to who maybe was looking at you in a certain way paying attention to um all of those things to then go initiate and when you do initiate or when you talk to them are you you got jokes do you got uh you got game like what's how does your do you have a typical opener (laughs) like i'm always curious like if you're just winging it um or if this is stuff that uh you know, is kind of, kind of typical. I don't know that I have like a typical opener. Um, I definitely, I, so I joke all the time that I'm actually a terrible stripper. Um, I'm not a very good dancer, but I am like one of the most charming people you'll ever meet. And that's what makes me money. Um, so I think I approach every person differently. Um, but usually I just kind of like, walk up and you know do like the small talk thing like hey have you been here before how are you um thanks for tipping me and then kind of see if they if we have a connection because there are some customers that are just so awkward and hard to talk to that like i'm like oh i'm gonna gonna head out (laughs) (laughs) um you know when there's not a connection there it's like you know they're not really having fun and i'm not having fun and yeah so i kind of probably won't work out interesting yeah yeah i don't think that uh i think the sense of most folks is that you'll you know you know uh not anything you know uh that a stripper would take almost any uh you know any one interested in a dance but you're suggesting that like i might i might just cut it out head it off at the pass and be like nah i don't i probably don't want to um neither one of us is going to enjoy this or whatever and you yeah, might, I you might ghost so like, them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's more so like, I don't want to waste anyone's time. Mm. So if, if, if it, if I'm sitting down with someone and we're just having like an awkward interaction and we're just not connecting, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that they're probably not going to get a dance with me because again, a lot of the money I make is because I build connections and I am very charming. Um, so if, if my charm is not working on someone, I'm going to assume that they're, they're probably not interested. Um, gotcha. And yeah, I'll, I'll let them, you know, go talk to another dancer that maybe they do have a good connection with. Totally. Make, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and that's fun to hear that yours is, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, that's one of the questions sort of, I, we eventually get to is like, yeah, what is your, um, what, what are you best at? And it sounds like it's sort of the floor and, and, and interacting and socializing and being charming, which that's fun. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you, um, but then you, I mean, the whole impetus of that is to do a private dance. So then uh, <laughs> you say you're a bad dancer, but, uh, but you know what you're doing? Like, what are we, what <laughs> are you better as, <laughs> when you say you're a bad dancer, do you mean like, just I'm not good at dancing or I'm a bad at, like, stripping dancing on stage but kind of both honestly oh really okay (laughs) I I think that I'm also like hard on myself because at Devil's Point I work with some of the most incredible dancers ever I mean they are they were like gymnasts and ballerinas their whole life (laughs) so um I definitely have a few moves that I think look really cool um but I guess when I say that I'm not very good at stripping, like I don't do a lot of pole work. Um, I'm not, you know, you'll very rarely see me go upside down on that pole. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just, me I do neither. a lot of me neither, work. by the way. I, I, yeah, yeah. Very, very rare. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I'm good at lap dances. I'm good at being sexy and I'm good at moving in a sexy way, I guess. Um, Gotcha. But yeah, when I say I'm, I'm not a very good stripper, I think I'm talking more about, you know, what you think of as a stripper doing crazy moves on the pole, not my MO. Pole work and aerial things and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you're at two clubs that are, um, for those who have not been pretty, um, 
cozy. They're you know you're close proximity yes. to the the get the the, dan- uh, the dancers are to the patrons and vice versa when you're on stage, and immediately when you get off stage, like on bo- at both places. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, they're great, and they both have like fun. Partly because it's Portland, but just partly because maybe good management and ownership and smart. They have unique, fun, like um, poker or, you know, video poker, video (laughs) poker things going on. Uh, My experience is great bouncers uh, and security from my experience. Uh, Cool design. um, Stripperoki on Sundays. So, yeah, you've... A patio at one, I think, if my memory serves. So, yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on. It's not just like, hey, we have a stage right, and we have yeah. a floor, and uh, <laughs> um, which is great. So, you guys, yeah, go to Portland, visit these two clubs, and uh, you know, give Jade a bunch of your money. Um, yes. <laughs> and so you, uh, so I guess you know, elephant in the room when things shut down, and probably about. March, early March, uh, and then have they been reopened, by the way, since July, or has there been off and on things since July? Um, yeah, so I think we, we opened back up in July, and then we shut back down, uh, I want to say, like, mid-November, and um, my clubs specifically, unfortunately, have not opened back up yet. I know some clubs in Portland have figured out some kind of patio pole situation. Um, but yeah, that hasn't happened um, at my clubs yet. Yeah. And in Washington, we're at 25% for bars and restaurants and things like that. But I don't know. Um, Washington's very different in that we uh, have lame strip clubs, first of all, uh, and like <laughs> hardly any food, no alcohol. And so I don't know where, like, if you're putting the umbrella of entertainment, I don't know where they fall in Washington. In Portland, I could see how, like comedy clubs, where, you know, hey, we got we got food and we have drinks. So we're like, just like a restaurant, right? And then people are like, you know, no, you're not. <laughs> Because <laughs> people are laughing at each other and at strip clubs, people are literally, you know, sitting on laps and face to face. But um, presuming it all goes back to typical soonish, you'll go back. Absolutely. To work. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, dying to. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I can't wait as well. There's some states that allow comedy. So like I just got back from Arizona doing shows and I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but, uh, I did it. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so you're Jade and uh, we, you know, obviously, uh, we know what, uh, what Jade is, but, uh, why did you choose that, um, to be your, cause you have a, you have a fun double entendre or pun that you, you kind of worked in, which is the idea of jaded. Um, yes and have, have and integrated that into your handles but uh yeah so you tell me though i, I won't i won't presume anything <laughs> uh yeah so i actually think this is so funny how i landed on this name <laughs> which i also want to preface by saying jade is a very popular stripper name and i know that i know i'm not unique <laughs> in that sense at all um but I was um texting with my best friend back home and we were trying to come up with um with the stripper name. And I was just thinking of like random things from my past or names and um, you know, what sounded sexy. And um, when I was a kid, I used to play with Bratz dolls and my favorite Bratz doll, her name was Jade. (laughs) And uh, I was like, that's perfect. It's sexy. It makes sense for a stripper. And uh, yeah, I loved that Bratz doll. So that's actually where the jaded brat came in. So the the handle followed that. And I am jaded about everything. So I mean, I like it all fits. It's all fun. And Bratz dolls. I mean, I don't remember, but don't you take don't they they have clothing you can take off and change? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're They're like I hate saying this, but they're like kind of sexy dolls. Like they have huge lips and like they always wore skimpy outfits. Like they looked like strippers 
they did. It was the point of the product, so I don't think you have to feel bad saying it at all. Um, uh, it would, yeah, if Bratz dolls came, if we're, they were brand new today, people would react like they did to that uh, uh, Netflix movie. What was it called? That French Netflix movie that everybody freaked out about. I never watched it, but it was... Uh, I don't know. Uh, little Girls or something like that. I, I can't remember, but it was a whole thing because there was one scene that was very, like sexual in nature about little girls but that was the whole point of the movie was to oh. to fight against any sort of um sexual misconduct related to kids but uh mm. but people didn't like it <laughs> uh netflix is promoting pedophilia You're like, all right <laughs> actually the opposite right yeah so it was a french film made by a woman who <laughs> won all these awards because of it it's uh i never watched it because i didn't want to get in trouble i don't want to get canceled but uh, <laughs> uh anyway but brad stalls yeah yeah so that's that's a fun yeah i do think that's very fun and funny how you landed on that you said back home uh i okay i you don't have to say where you're from but i'm i'm he hearing a hint of northern united states of america Mm -hmm. uh midwest you north can Min I'm not, you can... minnesota michigan nothing no am i way off no way oh off. okay all right where at uh new england ah new england okay i knew it was north because of there was a couple o's in there that i heard uh, oh yeah <laughs> but new england's yeah, I, a little I different lost, i lost my new england accent yeah i don't I really hear did. it at all but there's just like i mean no I, one you, ever you, yeah that's so fun and funny. Um, and when I drink, it comes out. Oh. If you ever see me drunk, I, I'll go straight in the pack the cat and have it. Get in the cat and have it. Yeah. Get in the cat. <laughs> That's really fun. <laughs> um, and uh, so, are you like a big old, you know, Tom Brady lover, or what's your? <laughs> do you care about no, sports? <laughs> I think a shit less. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, we're recording the day after the Super Bowl, and he just won his seventh Super Bowl with another team. And anyway, but um, um, I shouldn't talk about time frames on the podcast or interviews because when I release this, people are going to be like, geez, it took this guy four months to figure out how to release a episode. Um, Maybe it'll so, motivate you to get it out faster. There you go. I'm into it. Yeah. So you, uh, yeah, you're like, well, now you have to be the first episode of the season because. Uh, did you, uh, so you grew up there and, um, I'm always curious to know, like, I, like does family know or care, uh, about what your work or, um, where do they stand? Yeah. So I told my mom, um, right when I got the email about the audition and, um, she was actually all about it and she still is. Um, there's definitely some things that make her uncomfortable, um, she absolutely hates when I call myself a sex worker. Uh, In her mind, being a sex worker means you're a prostitute. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. Uh, but, you know, moms, older generations, you know, they can be a little closed-minded about certain subjects. Um, but all in all, yeah, she loves it. She loves hearing the stories that I have um, working as a stripper um, and she loves seeing new moves that I pull out. I used to have a pole in my house and she was all excited. Every time I learned something new, she wanted me to show her. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Uh, it sounds very, very similar to my mom with stand up. And I know again, they're not the same, but my mom is, <laughs> my mom doesn't even like that, that I do this podcast. So that makes her uncomfortable. She always says it's for, you know, my friends and family. And I'm like, have they said anything? And she's like, no. And I'm like, you're the, per you're the friend and family that, uh, yeah. is, is uncomfortable, but, um, she doesn't listen. So I can say that. Um, but super supportive of new, you know, uh, what wants to hear the new jokes, wants to go to shows, uh, totally on board with the whole thing. Um, and, uh, you're right. It's just like sometimes the older generation, they don't, um, get it you know sex worker is like ah crazy oh no i mean i had someone to, i shouldn't say just older generation just people who are today somebody who happens to be uh working porn commented on something on instagram and misunderstood what i had said 
So she corrected me. Mm. And then someone in the comments corrected her. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke and she didn't get I was making a joke. And then she goes, Oh, I see, I get it. And she totally like was like, Oh, oops. Own, you know, owned up or was uh, you know, yeah. didn't like fight or and then that person was like, Good thing you take your clothes off for a living because you're an idiot or whatever. And I was like, Okay, oh. what are we doing here? <laughs> no, She's no. made a little miss first of all. So, so what? And she did a great job. She responded and she goes, well, actually, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty intelligent and I have this degree or whatever, but besides that, uh, I got smart and learned to stop having sex for free. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I, and I was pretty fun back to him. He, he went away cause he's, you know, he's a wimp, but, uh, I said, <laughs> actually, I said, Hey man, be cool. Blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, also, why are you making fun of a profession that you probably partake in six, seven times a day, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, and watching? <laughs> and he never replied because he knew that he was of way he off and wrong. You say back to that. What is anyone's argument back to that? I have never heard a good one ever. I know. Because, I mean, it's like, how, why, what's this? Uh, I mean, it'd be as if you were like, uh pedicurist touching people's feet what a bunch of weirdos but then you go right. every week to get a pedicure you're like what are you yeah. doing <laughs> stop yeah that's uh, just crazy to me because if people hated sex work that much all they have to do is stop consuming it and it would go away that's yep. it right but right. they're not gonna do that because <laughs> sex work is awesome it is and it's not gonna yeah it's not gonna go away because they're not gonna stop consuming and then they they uh, normalizing the profession is a part of the purpose of the podcast. So, um, so hopefully we can help do that a bit. You said your mom really likes hearing your stories. That would be the part. That's the part. One of the parts of my mom struggles with the comment. The only part is like, she doesn't want to hear some of the wild, fun, crazy stories that I think are great to talk about. Uh, makes her uncomfortable and She's very scared. Be careful, be safe. She's a real worry wart. Um, but what, what are the kinds of stories or maybe even a specific one or two that your mom was, was into that she thought were fun and funny or, or, uh, interesting? Yeah. Her favorite is, um, I had a foot fetish gentleman, mm -hmm. um, that took a liking to me pretty much right out of the gate, like right when I started stripping. And I guess he was like a well-known customer, um, very good customer, and, um, yeah, he ended up, uh, he wanted me to work a certain shift. I guess he was having like a big outing and I told him that I couldn't because I was working my day job and he actually sent me $500 up front to call out of my day job to go in and work at the strip club. Um, so I did obviously, yeah. um, and then he paid me a lot more money um, pretty much once an hour for my whole shift. Uh, he would take me in the private dance room. Um, I would take my shoes off. Um, I had, I was fully clothed and he would give me a foot massage <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she absolutely thinks that is the coolest thing ever. Um, and I actually think that I kind of helped her, um, understand that people who have certain kinks aren't bad people or they're not necessarily inherently creepy. Um, she loved the fact that like, he didn't want me to get naked. He didn't want me to touch him. He didn't do anything inappropriate. Um, and yeah, I think it kind of opened her eyes to like, oh wow, like normal people who are polite and nice can have, you know, what she considers a weird kink. Right. Um, I have always just with in general, outside of any kink or sexual thing, uh, because I used to teach high school, that was my day job for years and years have tried to avoid, you know, terms like normal, or weird, um, mm -hmm. when it comes to interests, because especially with kids, it's like, what, what's normal? What do you mean? Normal, what, typical. And atypical, those are fine because you got to find a word to describe it. But atypical isn't wrong or bad, you know. And so, right. and honestly, I, what we seem to be finding in the last ten years is that maybe foot fetish or foot interest um, isn't atypical. <laughs> you know, it seems to be yeah. more and more. 
uh, typical, um, but just kept under wraps or whatever. So, uh, but that's a great story. And that's, I mean, obviously that what he did uh, made him in your mind, a great customer, but you said before the, the story, he was viewed as uh, a regular who was a great customer by the other dancers or, or by the business and how, how was that? What, what for him made him a great customer? Yeah. So he, um, I actually haven't seen him, I think since that day, he kind of like disappeared after that. No one knows Mm. where he is, but, um, he would come in typically on a day shift, which is great because that means there's really not a lot of other customers. And he was very open and honest with me up front. said, this is what I'm looking for. Um, you know, I'm going to want to rub your feet. If you're not okay with that, that's fine. I won't talk you into it, but that is what I'm looking for. Um, and then the whole shift, five hour day shift, um, he bought all of our drinks. He tipped all of us on stage. There's only three of us working, myself included. Um, tipped us a bunch on stage. Um, you know, like I said, we would do those private dances. Not only did he pay for the private dance, but he tipped every time. So he was paying more than the set amount. Um, bought us food if we were hungry. And just like generally like had fun with us. Like it, it honestly was like one of my favorite shifts. It was so fun. It was like we were partying. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, um, and this is a, this is a way I've never asked the question before, but it just hit me as a, as a, so if I had the money to do that, then I could also be a great customer <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> right. Um, yes, but I don't feel as though I do. And I know a lot of customers don't feel as though they do, or, you know, that's a part of their hesitancy. Um, or they have someone that's a significant other that doesn't want them spending it or doesn't know they're there. So if I don't have a ton of money, but I, I mean, I got money to spend. Um, what, what's the best way for me? Is it just to spend less time in the club? Is it to, um, portion it out amongst the women? You know, like, what would you say if I don't have a bunch of money, I should do what as a customer? That's a great question. So, I would say the number one thing as a customer, if you don't, if you're a customer and you don't have the most amount of money in the club, there's another guy in there that's throwing $20 bills on everyone's stage. Um, I would say the best thing you can do, I'm perfectly fine with hanging out with a customer that isn't the biggest spender in the club, but I also want those customers to understand that if there is a customer that walks in and is paying me a lot of money and requesting my time. I need that customer who maybe isn't paying me as much to understand that I'm now going to have to divide my time between you and another customer. Because I find that a lot of customers, whether they have the most money or don't have the most money, expect that when I sit down and talk to them, that I am going to sit down and talk with them the rest of my shift. Um, and I have a lot of regular customers. Like I said, I'm very charming. I capitalize on being charming. So I have a lot of regulars that I'm really close with. And sometimes they get really like, like jealous. They act like a jealous boyfriend. If I start (laughs) talking to another customer, because they're like, well, wait, 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 I came in specifically to see you. And I get that. And I love that. And I love seeing you, but I'm, I am also at work. And I do need to serve other customers. Just like if you had a favorite bartender and you went in to hang out with that bartender, that bartender is not going to not serve drinks to other patrons just because you're there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a great analogy or metaphor that other, you know, that we almost all can understand. Um, and that's, you know, in um, in trying to help people understand analogies and metaphors are great. That's the That's what allows people to get it because they go, Oh yeah. Okay. I see what you, yeah. Good point. Um, there's all sorts of things that we patronize that we totally understand the game or, or not the game, but like the, the social contract. Um, mm-hmm. but sometimes in a strip club, I feel like customers don't understand the, the, you know, sort of the social contract they've agreed to by walking, walking yeah. in. Um, so yeah, go, if you, if you, still go to be a patron and patronize the place, but uh, understand that you're just going to have less um, interactions probably if you have less money and uh, yeah. 
uh, do a good job of being cool about that. That's a great answer. Um, we do kind of a rapid fire, you know, a little bit of rapid. And, and uh, <clears throat> I, uh, aud- people who listen are interested in knowing the things that are like weird, right? They think <laughs> or cre- creepy or, you know, but, um, but I like to ask it in a way of like, nah, it's fine. It was totally fine. <laughs> like it wasn't, a, it wasn't bizarre or weird or, but we're all curious to know. And I think that the answers often make it a little bit easier for anybody who's going to be a customer to go, oh, okay. I won't be seen by a stripper as a crazy person if I want to smell her armpits <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or maybe you will be, but it's happened before. Um, yeah. So when that question comes up, I just want to know it's not like, what's the craziest, creepiest, you know, and like we're, uh, like we already said, shitting on people. But um, you talked a little bit about money with the one guy. Um, is this like you continue working the day job, assuming COVID never happened? Could could you have stopped that day job? I mean, do you think you were in a, you know, is it like that kind of, um, or, or what would have kept you? Because ah, five shifts a week's crazy on the body or, you know, whatever. Um, I think that my plan, so actually my plan right before COVID hit, I was, I was going to step down. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. quit my job, but I was going to go um, part-time, which like I said, I ended up doing in July anyway. Um, the, so I, as a stripper, um, and as a new stripper, I, you know, I don't work the best shifts, right. Mm. Um, I, I kind of call myself a mid shift queen. Um, I worked, I definitely worked some night shifts. Um, don't get me wrong, but working a day job, it was harder to work night shifts. Um, so yeah, I, I mostly worked mid shifts, um, sometimes day shifts and the money on those shifts are not guaranteed. They, they are definitely very hit or miss. So I was very nervous, um, putting all of my eggs into the stripper basket. Um, just because I had had days where I walked away with literally $2. Mm. (laughs) Um, and I, you know, I live by myself. I don't have roommates. Um, I'm a terrible roommate. So I, I gave up on roommates. Um, so yeah. And like I said, I have a lot of debt. Um, and then, also my, uh, my mother got really sick. So, um, you know, I've been helping her with her bills pretty much since I started stripping. So I just like having that just base income of like, man, I had a shitty week at the strip club, but that's okay because I'm getting this paycheck. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going to be one paycheck away from homelessness or houselessness. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I'll keep that. Plus I do get, um, health insurance, which is important to me because I'm old and, um, (laughs) my body hurts. (laughs) There's no way you're older than me, but, uh, uh, so that's okay. So good. That's, uh, it's very similar to anybody pursuing entertain, you know, an entertainment type business early on of like, I can't just ditch the whole thing and jump full. And man, imagine if people had right before, I know some comedians who quit their day jobs, like, like a month before everything got locked down and they're freaking out. So, um, so, okay. So that's, uh, that's, that's a good, good take on the money angle. Uh, uh, do you remember your first stripper song, your favorite stripper song, what you typically dance to? You got any of that? Yes. So the song that I auditioned to was, uh, mother by Danzig. Okay. Um, I, I've always been a big fan of Danzig and actually, uh, one of my best friends growing up, she did a amateur night back home strip stripping and she danced to that. And I was like, that's an awesome song to dance to. This was years ago that she did that. Um, so I went with that. That was my audition song. Um, my go-to, I think my go-to kind of changes, um, like month to month. Um, I'll find one song that I'm like, man, I like really groove to this one. Um, I'd say probably like the one that you'll hear me dancing to the most is so random. Um, it's uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Oh, I can see that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sexy it's just a really cool and... song. Yeah, so it's really slow, but then it has and this it like hits. 
Yes, it hits. And when it hits, I have these certain moves that I, that I'll do uh-huh. right when that hits. And it looks really cool when I do that. Oh, totally. I could totally yeah. see that. That's great. Yeah. Fun. Um, do you, um, do you have like, uh, you, you told the one story, but do you have a like, wow, this was a crazy night out at the club. I can't, not, not even like creepy, but just like this happened and that happened and can't, I just, no, people like wouldn't even believe it. I don't know that I have any like wouldn't believe it stories, uh-huh. but um, I did have uh, one of the, my, one of my very first night shifts was um, Thanksgiving of 2018 may have been 2019 I cannot remember um and I have never seen so many people in the club aside from (laughs) we got a (laughs) fat cat cat scratching on the dresser (laughs) um I forget what I was saying oh I'd never seen so many people in the club except for like stripper um so I was kind of nervous um and it was just such a weird experience for me because I would go up on stage and then I would get dressed and I would come down. And then like every time I came down onto the floor, immediately a patron would walk up to me and say, hey, do you want to do a dance? Mm. And that was not my, my typical experience in the club. Typically, like I said, I usually will have a conversation with someone and like really connect with them first and then they'll get a dance for me. And this was like people that had never seen me before. They probably had just walked in and just saw me on stage and were like, for some reason so enthralled by me that they needed to get a dance um and then one of the dances that i gave was this uh he was a he had a very thick russian accent um i'd never seen him before and i went to go do the dance with him and i am i got like my butt on his lap right so he my back is to his face and i look down and i see his arms going around me and i'm thinking oh i'm going to have to kick this guy's ass like he's about to do something he's not supposed to do and touch yeah. me yeah. Uh, but he actually had a wad of ones and started making it rain it, like on my lap <laughs> while i'm giving him the lap dance it was oh. i never had anyone do that it was awesome it was so cool <laughs> clever move i like it i like it yeah. and uh <laughs> The built tension and then the release of that tension of it being a really good thing uh, must have been a fun moment. That's funny. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you worry about, I mean, Portland, where our experience talking to the strippers in Portland is that generally the everybody's following rules and uh, following laws and that kind of stuff. Do you ever worry about like the police or, um, you know, anything undercover or is that any, even on your radar at all? Not even on my radar. Um, yeah. I mean, I hate the police. All cops are <laughs> that's on my, ra- uh, that's on my radar. <laughs> yeah, That's on my radar. Um, the only, I've only seen the cops in my club one time, devil's point. Um, and that was because, um, it actually started with me, a customer, I was on stage and a customer threw trash at me. That was awesome. Um, and then the bartender went to kick him out. This dude was I I don't even know what he was on and he just ended up flipping out and we had to lock him out of the club. He's like pounding on the door. Um, And then another patron who was there went outside, knocked him out cold. Cops got called. Guy got called away in the ambulance. It was wild. Yeah. That's a wild one. Yeah, that's crazy. So did he bring the trash in from the outside or did he, was it trash he found? (laughs) Yeah. And, and I don't think that he threw the trash at me because he did not like me. I genuinely think that he was so either drunk or on drugs or both that he thought he was putting money on my stage. <laughs> I really, truly believe that. It was not necessarily in a malicious way, but right. of course I'm going to tell my bartender like, yo, this guy, uh-uh, no, this <laughs> get guy him out. Tried to, this guy tried to make it rain with a Yoplait label. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that uh, is what I'm looking for. Um <laughs> Uh, so that's a, that's a not good, uh, customer. Um, and, uh, he's, that's like an obvious, like, okay, this is something you don't do, but there are such a, in the minds of customers, not in the minds of strippers per se, but in the minds of customers, there's gray area of like, what makes me, you know, what, what am I allowed to do or not allowed to do? And there's some purposeful ignorance there so they can get away with stuff, I think. 
But let's assume that the ignorance is real and um, and you you want to you want to say some things to customers about hey do this don't do that do you have a, do you have a few for us? Yeah, um, I mean, I'd say kind of my end all be all with that is always if you're not sure, you should probably ask me. <laughs> if uh, I mean, I'm I'm fine if you want to ask me hey, can I touch your boobs? You can ask me that. I'm going to tell you no, but of right. course you can ask me that. Um, right. One of my biggest pet peeves is, um, I guess it's, it's kind of hard to answer your question because this is, we're assuming that the ignorance is real, but I just find That's okay. a lot we can, of times- We can go either way. <laughs> yeah, I just find that a lot of times customers just try to see what they can get away with. Like I always lay down rules when I start a lap dance. Um, you know, I can touch you, you can't touch me. And like, I would say nine, like maybe seven times out of 10, the customers will try to like sneakily, like if I'm on their lap, they'll like put their thumb on my leg and like try to like caress my thumb, like ever so slightly. Um, such a big pet peeve of mine. Like, I, I think it's the, um, kind of what's the word I'm looking for um like the taboo of it like mm -hmm. I know I'm not supposed to do this so even though it's like the slightest little touch it like means a lot to them or whatever but well that's what's interesting is because if we're talking from a purely physical standpoint you um maybe having your butt on their inner thigh or leg or maybe even grazing their crotch <laughs> feels mm -hmm. way better than my thumb touching you <laughs> so I, I would think so <laughs> i mean i don't know what kind of nerve yeah. endings you have in your thumb but from a purely physical nerve ending standpoint everywhere you're mm -hmm. going to maybe touch or get close to feels way better than like my palm or hand or thumb or whatever touching yeah. you so that to me means it is 100% about, well, partially what you're saying, maybe taboo, or you told me I can't do something and I'm going to do it. But that even is, that's, that's power. That's I want to control the situation or have the power over the person. And um, man, I guess that's, that's, that's a strong feeling for a lot of people, but I don't, it doesn't totally, I guess I kind of get it, but I, I don't, I don't entirely, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Also, you're also not, you don't want it. I mean, that's the thing. Right. Like, why I don't, that's, why do you, would you do a thing that the person Because, anyway. okay, here's my other thing with that. I think, yeah. like I said, I've said this like 10 times now. I'm charming. I build connections. I mm -hmm. make men that come in to see me feel like they're on a date with me. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, that's, that's like what it feels like. We're, you know, getting to know each other over drinks on a Tinder date or whatever. So I also think that there are a lot of customers that, think because I'm acting that way that I am truly interested in them. And I, I hate saying that because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot because um, <laughs> right. the connections are there. Like I'm not faking that, you know, I'm right. having a good time with you. Right. But I think in their mind, they think like, wow, that she is actually really into me mm -hmm. and we're going to do this dance and she's going to let me touch her leg. And then I'm going to see if she lets me do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. She she says this is the rule, but we have a thing going on here. Right, so. yeah, she's doing a wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm not. <laughs> I am not. No wink, wink. <laughs> uh, well, we don't like to assume that you'll ever stop. We, uh, on the podcast, uh, that said, generally, people stop dancing at some point. We're stripping at some point. And um, do you see that? Uh, I mean, maybe you don't even want to think about it, but, but is that a thing of like, adult when my body tells me I'll stop or is it like, um, I'm pursuing, I'm actually kind of pursuing this other thing. And so when that, you know, when I'm ready to do that, then I'll stop. Or do you have any vision of that at all? Um, well, I will say my body is already telling me to stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stripping hurts, man. And uh, like I said, I started late in the game. I, my, I, I auditioned when I was 28 and I'm 30 now. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, 
I'm not as limber as I once was. Um, When am I going to stop? Honestly, um, I think for me, I'm always pursuing other things. Um, I constantly have goals for myself. Um, I am potentially going to start taking some college classes. I never did that. Um, But I just, I think right now, the only way I could see myself stopping um, would be if I got knocked up. That's, ah. I think that would be the end all be all for me, um, which I'm not necessarily planning on doing. So, um, but I think if, if that did happen for me, then that would probably be my stopping point. Yeah. Usually people who are planning on having a baby don't call it knocked up. So yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine you're not planning it, but maybe, it, maybe, it, maybe it would happen. Uh, you have a boyfriend and so maybe, um, uh, and, uh, so uh, I think we've got a good sense of like family and future, but this is a very fun question. This is an interesting question to ask because it really helps normalize strippers. And that's what you do when you're not working. Um, like what do you, like, what if, what would we catch you to catch you doing for fun? Um, well, I mean, for a while when I was stripping and working as a manager, I only worked, I worked, um, what do I like to do? Honestly, this is such a weird answer. I love taking baths. I like daydream about coming home and sitting in my bath. Um, (laughs) I, I absolutely love it. Lighting candles, warm water, uh, reading a book or, you know, just like fucking around on my phone. I'll sit in the bathtub for like hours. It's, it's bad. <laughs> um, other than that, I absolutely love gambling. Oh, fun. Yeah. So if you ever see me out of my house or, and, and also not in the strip club, I'll probably be gambling. That's, um, that's my big outing. Okay. Like casino table games, like, uh, um, like, um, um, yeah. Like what? yeah um i do table games sometimes but typically i do video poker like slot mm-hmm. machines um that's kind of my my go-to and usually if i do really well in the slot machines then i'll go sit down at a table mm-hmm. um but I, I get kind of intimidated at table games because i don't have a huge understanding of how they work so usually if i sit at a table um, I'll try to sit next to a, a man that looks nice and, uh, <laughs> usually they'll help me <laughs> make decisions of like, should I hit, should I not yeah, like, yeah. What do I do? Um, and usually there's, there's always some like jolly man that's like willing to help me. Um, yeah, that's probably not too difficult to find when you're uh, charming and, and, and yeah. beautiful. <laughs> They're probably like, this yeah. is great. Uh, so in the, so yeah, I'm, my parents like the slots and they go to Vegas and then uh, near us, near where they live is a, um, a native casino and there's allowed to be all the table games and slots and they like the, you know, the unicorn crosses with the laser and then there's a peacock and I'm like, what is happening? Cause I could, did you know what's happening when you play slots? That's what I'm getting. I do. Yeah. I am actually a huge nerd about it. Like okay. so much so that I know the inner workings of like how slot machines work. Um, yeah. And there's different types of slot machines. There's, um, class two slot machines are you're literally just playing bingo is what you're doing. You can actually right. see the bingo card in the corner of the machine. Um, so, you know, if you look at that, you know, if you're going to win before the slot machine even does anything. Oh, I've uh, seen people do that where I'm like, it's not done jizzing or whatever it does. It's not done <laughs> vibrating or all the, yeah, hmm. you can see that you got like, you know, a, a bingo. So, you know, you're about to win something. Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm ignorant. I see, and I need to have. A, I need need to feel like I have a little bit of control, even though I know uh, the cards are literally stacked against me in table games. I at least feel like, well, my choices are determining the outcome a little bit. Uh, whereas with slots, I'm like, doing this, hitting a button doesn't feel like. Uh, yeah. But. But you know, when, the, the when you, thing you hit the button does matter. So you do have some control. Oh. Yeah, it's oh. all about timing. 
Jeez, yeah. so this is why I probably lose. Uh, that's wild. Now in the Portland area, what uh, I don't know Oregon law per, compared to Washington law, but I assume it's similar. Um, to find table games, and do you have to go to um, native casinos, or is it is it allowed? I mean, some of the strip clubs have video yeah. poker and, and and slot machines. So yeah, what are the laws? Oh, and table games. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to say the Rialto has like a whole like separate room dedicated to like poker and blackjack and stuff. It's yeah, I'm pretty sure it's legal. Yeah, honestly, I don't know the laws in Washington now that I think about and it. And <laughs> Lucky Double Huh. Because I have so, been to places yeah. where they have um, table games. Interesting. I, it must be some sort of licensing thing of like how much. For you know. sure. Yeah. So, well, there you go. See, that's why. That's the first gambler uh, answer we've received. So that's... Uh, <laughs> uh strippers are into the typical things that we're all into as well go figure right crazy <laughs> that another human just because they take clothes off uh publicly they're still human <laughs> crazy um yeah. well you've been very very wonderful to talk to I'm, I'm excited to have things open up and for you to be able to go back to work um of course and then and then for me to visit i love visiting portland and there's a couple great comedy clubs there and uh in the summer just like seattle it's just uh the best place to be clean air and beautiful and water all around yeah. you so um mm -hmm. thank you so so much and like i said to all the listeners um this is jade of course in in portland uh, who works at lucky devil and devil's point and can be found on the internets on instagram at jaded.pdx and uh, I believe we uh, we came to the conclusion that OnlyFans is jaded brat. Correct. Right. Uh, yep. Harkening back to the days of the Bratz dolls, which is so fun. <laughs> um, and you find us on our Patreon, on our Instagram at Stripper Whisper on both. I think it's like technically at Stripper Podcast on Instagram because at Stripper Whisper was too many words or somebody already took it or something. But find us there. It's not not hard. And this episode will be out long after the Super Bowl, but it will be out uh, for you to listen to. And uh, th thank you so much. Appreciate having you. Yeah, thank you. I had fun.